Crazy Ex-Girlfriend becomes the first show ever to discuss the function of the clitoris. What? And then Supernatural crosses over with Scooby-Doo and the Freedom Fighters, the Ray promo poster is released. All that coming to you live right now. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. And I'm going to dance. This makes me feel very summery, guys. Hey, hey, it's actually fall. But welcome to the CW Weekly. I'm your host, Ali Conor Bradford, joined by the ever so lovely. Hello, everybody. I'm Erica Shannon, and you can find me on Twitter at Miss Airy Baby. And you can find me at yours truly, Ali Kono, with underscores in between. We have a really great show for you guys. And as you notice, we do have a couple of empty chairs. That's okay. Next week, our two hosts will return. That's Matt and Tiona. But in the meantime, we invite you to co-host with us, because of course, this end of the table is always yours. Just use the hashtag CWWeekly with two W's. Now let's get into today's show, shall we? Let's do it. All right. As always, we love to start with a little bit of trivia to see how much you actually know about the CW. So... Here is our question. On October 27th, 1997, Buffy the Vampire Slayer premiered an episode called Halloween. In this episode, Buffy and her friends visit a costume shop on Halloween. However, the Scooby-Doo gang finds out that in the shop, the costumes turn into whatever the cost... Wait. The cost... Customers, excuse me, (laughs) turn into whatever costumes it is that they're wearing. So, with that said, our trivia question is... What costume did Willow choose and become? Extra points if you can guess Xander and Buffy's. So, did Willow choose? These are your four choices. A, a ghost. B, a pumpkin. C, a slutty plumber. Or D, a witch. Yep, so you'll have to stay tuned to the end of the show to find out yeah, what per- that pretty is. Pretty exciting. Um, if you get it right, then I don't know. We'll just shout you out and say, yeah, you can Eventually, we'll have something yes. to, like, contribute to you or congratulate you with. Maybe a certificate or something. Can't awesome. you make those on yes. Word or something? We'll figure it out. <laughs> but we also have a ship poll, which, if you guys haven't participated yet, do so, because we always put them out. There we go. There's that, there's that ship yeah. coming in. We always put it out the day of our CW show, which is on Wednesdays. Excuse me, Thursdays. Yes, it is. And that is all you, girl. Take it away. So, this week, we decided to do a theme for just One Tree Hill. So, we have between Jayton, which is Lucas and Peyton. Jake and Peyton. Oh, my God. How dare me. Get it together. Jake and Peyton. Layton, which is Lucas and Peyton. Brucus, which is Brooke and Lucas. And then Chia, which are Chase and Mia. And I was going to check the status of that poll really quickly. But the reason we did this is because we were trying to come up with ships. And Tiana picked Jayton, which is also one of my favorites. And so I was like, oh, no, how dare you pick pick Jayton? And so we got into this discussion about Jayton and Layton and Brucus. And so we were just like, let's just do a theme. Yeah. So that's how we ended up with those. And somebody, some people were commenting on the actual poll about not having Naley. And I was just like, well, I didn't want to throw Naley in the hat because they're like the overwhelming favorite. Right. So I wanted to give these other these other ones a chance. But if I... Peyton just is. gets around to all the good looking guys. I mean, let's just put it out there. I mean, I'm not mad. I, I personally, like, I voted for Jayton because I prefer Jake and Peyton. But right now, Layton is holding it out with 1% more, Ooh. 38% to 37%. And then Brucus is coming up third with 23%. So keep voting. All right. Because it's tight. You guys have like the next 30 minutes to get your votes in. Yep. 
All right, so let's talk a little bit about some casting news, Mm -hmm. which is a little bit of a just conversation that we're going to have, because we don't need brand, brand new casting news, but we definitely want to talk a little bit about Sabrina, since there was a huge leak, if you will, by Roberto Aguera Sacasa. If I'm saying that incorrectly, (laughs) I do apologize. However, so... He took a picture and posted on Instagram a picture of the script. And in that, you can get close enough if you zoom in and you get your bifocals out. And it talks about Sabrina being reborn. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know, very interesting take, obviously, we talked about. And, of course, fans have been just pining over having Dove Cameron play that particular role. So, she, in turn, posted a picture potentially alluding to maybe... She's getting cast, but it's not official. Yeah. And they are still looking to cast Harvey as well. So. Yeah. Which is very interesting because I think we all remember the Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the ABC version that was like very upbeat and poppy and everything like that. And Harvey was kind of the goofball. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how they change it to right. fit this new darker Sabrina. Right. Yeah, and I mean, the picture, it's, it's not up anymore, but the one that I happened to pick, I don't know if you saw it or not, but it's actually Dove with these green eyes just because I felt like it totally suited the mood of, I don't know, something Sabrina could do. Yeah, it's going to be so interesting to see how they bring her in because I think Roberta was saying we should be meeting Sabrina soon. Right. Like on Riverdale. So that's yeah. going to be, I don't know what to make of that. I don't know how they're going to introduce her, but it's going to be fun because we've gone into Greendale a little bit at the beginning of this season mm-hmm. and that's where Sabrina's supposed to be so it's going to be interesting to see how they pull that back in. Well, speaking of Rivdale, I know that you have some news about that so why don't mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit about what's going on so there. So basically, we're talking about Charles Melton, who is the new Reggie and talking about when he was auditioning, he originally went back and he looked at old episodes or clips of Ross who played Reggie right, last actually, season. which an actor should do. Yeah, and then in talking to Roberto, how this conversation even happened, I don't know, but he was saying that Roberto basically said, don't watch what Ross did, make Reggie your own. And it, and it is interesting because he has changed. He, he, I don't know, maybe because we didn't see a lot of Reggie last season, he's made it his own and mm-hmm. he's completely different than the way that Ross is playing him. So he, he really took that advice to heart. That's And that's super cool, to be able to do that and not have to worry about fitting in somebody else's footsteps. Right. And one of the things that Eric and I were talking about is I always love that this particular team is so great when it comes to casting, when it comes to people behind the camera and really trying to be diverse. And this particular Reggie, and even the one in the past, was Asian. And this guy, he's Korean, Cherokee, and I believe Caucasian. And I love that because, I mean, really, the only thing they followed is the fact that Reggie has black hair Mm -hmm. and pale skin. And so does this guy. And a lot of times, we don't see a lot of really sexy Asian men in American TV. So I Mm -hmm. actually, I appreciate the diversity. Yeah. And it's going to be really interesting to see because I was looking into Reggie a little bit before the show. And it was saying how Reggie kind of steals Veronica from Archie at times. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see that. Because where the show is at this point, I don't know how that's going to happen because Veronica is all about Archie right now. So that's going to be fun if they actually go that route with the show. I'm sure a lot of fans will be like, what? Yeah. Uh, Now, speaking of that, let's also talk a little bit about Jane the Virgin because uh, there was an article that came out recently that said that Tyler Posey has a lot to thank 
in getting the role on Jane the Virgin because they'd worked together a long time ago. Gina said before she was really anybody, mm-hmm. and he was on Teen Wolf. Um, she worked together with him and thought he was just absolutely fantastic. He was finishing up with Teen Wolf, and they needed to find somebody to replace her husband that passed away. And that's huge because you have to find the right guy to fill that spot. Yeah. You know? That's and, and somebody can play that character and be empathetic and everything else. And so right away she suggested this gentleman and apparently her Anna it was her makeup artist that we're was talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh my God. And she said like within the next day they were already calling him. And I just I think that's so amazing how friends fight for each other. Yeah. And and Gina being somebody who wasn't really well-known prior to this show, so she knows what it's like to be a struggling actor, so to be able to extend a hand to somebody that you know that is coming off of a show and you want to keep them working, that was really cool. And it's dope because it's it's five years later and she's still like, wouldn't it be great if we could get him? And she knows the show is ending and everything like that just for him to be able to slide in. Now this picture, I don't know if you guys can see it yet, but this picture of Tyler, so I don't cute. know. I have opinions when some guys like adopt mustaches. And oh, I thought you were going to say it, nose rings. <laughs> no, no, no. It takes it takes me in a different direction. Like, because I'm so used to seeing him without it. I'm so used to seeing him in the Teen Wolf. Yeah, Tyler yeah. or Scott, I should say. And but no, I just think it's great that he was able to. Not only did she put him up for this, but he accepted. Right. And he was like, "Yeah, of course, dope." Like, right. I just think that's so great. But I do want to mention that Matt is in the chat. So hey, Matt. Oh, hi, Matt. And he was saying, uh, to go back to Riverdale really quickly, he was saying he also agrees with the diversity of Asian men. We need more of that. Yeah, absolutely. And not just Asian men. I think all men in general. I mean, a lot of times what's happened in society is we clump people into either black or white. Mm -hmm. And there's so many colors in between. Let's have everybody have opportunities on television. So... I want to get also into our hashtag hottie of the week. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite parts of the show. And this week I decided it is Thursday. So it's not our throwback Thursday, but it is a throwback. It is a throwback, yes. Yes. So this is George Stoltz who played Kevin on 7th Heaven. Who here watched 7th Heaven? I did. I mean, can I get a hand raise in the chat room? Anyway, he (laughs) he was real sexy. He was a cop. I was like, ooh, Lucy, you better get it. Yeah, it was it was interesting when, because she, he, if, remind me, correct me if I'm wrong, he was the brother of a, the guy who was dating Mary at the time. Oh, I don't remember I that And much I think they're actually detail. brothers in real life. Oh, which really? Which is cool. Yeah. I'm fun. I think, I think that's how it happened. And then he and Lucy got together, and they ended up staying together. And it's a whole thing. I could go into it. But I think, I, if I'm remembering the story correctly... But yeah, it's good to see his face. I haven't seen his face in a while. Yeah, come back to TV. <laughs> Do you know what he's doing now? I don't. I okay. should have. I saw a bunch of articles and I was like, I'm too busy looking at the sexy pictures that I was like, ah, <laughs> reading is for nerds. Well, knowing what you picked last week, Kidding. I'm surprised you didn't pick a more I, sexy I know. picture. I know. I know, right? I should have found abs. Abs on abs on abs. I'm sure the gentlemen watching the show are like, thank you yeah, for the t-shirt. For Appreciate the t-shirt. It. Appreciate that. Okay, so coming up next, we have some news about the Arrowverse. So there, I talked about, there's a promo out now for the Freedom Fighters, The Ray, that's mm-hmm. coming out. Now, this is the gentleman that is going to be playing the voice of The Ray, which is Russell Tovey. But what I think is super cool is the introduction of this particular character, because this will be a CW seed series, is going to be introduced on Arrow during the crossover, which is a really neat way for people to get to know the character mm-hmm. and then turn around and actually watch the anime 
animated series of this. Um, a little bit about it. So the Arrowverse event is going to happen on Crisis Earth X. And what I thought is interesting, too, on this particular Earth, it's a world where the Nazis actually won World War II. And I thought, whoa, yeah. what an interesting and very edgy, edgy spin But it makes me think, series. to switch networks for a second, do you remember a couple months ago they were talking on HBO about bringing out a show called Confederate, Mm-mm. where the Confederacy... I think one and so like slavery still exists in present day. Ooh. So that's what it reminded me of. I'm like, no, I don't know bueno. if this is gonna work. Yeah. But with it being the arrowverse, uh-huh. it kind of we can it's like tweak it a little. Yeah. And it's like, well, we're not talking about it on our earth. Right. So it's a different earth. So right. maybe it's like we don't have to stay there. We can right. just come back to Earth One. Right. I think that would that's gonna make it a little better. We but also um, just to interject real quick, we also have uh, explored this of the the Nazis actually winning along with Japan in um, Man in the High Castle for uh, Amazon Prime. Oh. Uh, yeah. So that's been explored already, and it's been I've I've heard fairly well uh, critics uh, received, and it was by produced by uh, Ridley Scott. Just to add that little bit. Interesting. I think, okay, my thought on this is the only way I think something like that is okay is if it's used as a tool. Now, obviously, this is a cartoon, but if it's used as a tool to teach people what could potentially happen if we let hate win, Mm -hmm. this is a world we could live in. And no, I don't want to live like that. So that's the only way for me. I'd be like, "Mm." I agree. I agree. Thank you for that tidbit, Anthony. Yes. Coming in right on time. But I want to hear your tidbits. About Supernatural. Oh, so we're going to Supernatural. You know, that's my show, guys. So, actually, we haven't seen it yet, but the Supernatural Scooby-Doo crossover should be happening at some point in this season. And there's actually one of the stars who wants to keep that and do a whole season of it. And that gentleman is Jared Padalecki. Of course, he's the baby. Like, of course he wants... He grew up on Scooby-Doo. He loves it. And so he was just saying he wants... We can call it Scooby-Natural. Yeah. Like blend the yeah, two yeah, together yeah. in a full 22 season, 22 episode season of just them in cartoon. First of all, that could be real. The, the creativity you can take with that is just, you can't, I can't even think of it. Right. I don't even know where they could go. Right. But they could like literally make up monsters and draw them any kind of way. And it would give, I mean, they might be able to record in Texas because that's where both Jensen and Jared live. So they won't have to be in Vancouver away from their families for an entire year. Right. Like, there are so many benefits that could come from this. Right. I mean, I'm sure a few ladies will be a little disappointed that they have to watch the cartoon version of them versus the real human version of them. But I could get on that boat. And I think also, too, and it's one of the things that Jared said, is how cool is it, though, to be a kid of the 80s and 90s, to watch that growing up mm-hmm. every Saturday morning, and then turn around and one day in your adult life, in your career, you are in that cartoon. Yeah. It's so like cool. the equivalent of growing up watching Michael Jordan play, well, this is in the 90s, of course, yeah. watching Michael Jordan play and then getting to play alongside him. Yeah. It's like a dream come true. Or I guess Kobe or LeBron would be yeah. the today equivalent. Right. But you know, I, I was thinking, like, this could actually work as a really cool, like, uh, web series on the side. It could be, like, five Ooh. little five-minute uh, snippets of uh, just their quick adventures with uh, the Scooby gang. That could Dude. be dope. Pitch it to CW. Yeah. Make it happen. I was going to say, get that money. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'll write it up tonight. <laughs> uh, all right. And, and oh. also, sorry, it would yeah. be a good way to bring Scooby-Doo back into present time. I don't know if it's still played. I think the last I've seen of it, it was on 
Cartoon Network or something. So I don't know how current, and I know there were live action, at least one live yeah, action. Yeah, Freddie Prince Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellar. Uh, I don't remember. I the, think Linda Cardinelli was uh, Velma. And then what is his, oh my God, I love him from Scream. Yeah, Matthew does. Lillard. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. He, he was, was perfect he was casting. Shaggy, yeah, he actually made two two live action. That's yeah. what I thought. Okay. All right. So let's talk a little bit more about Gina Rodriguez from Jane the Virgin. We're just gonna Jane the Virgin it out today, because uh, she's got a lot going on for her, which mm-hmm. I think is awesome. So many actors are so talented. That's one thing I love about this business. You know, at first we just see someone on TV and we think they're just actors, but they're just such creative people from writing to singing to dancing to everything. And of course now she is producing. So she's going to be a part of a series called Femme, which is going to be along with, I'm going to butcher this one, Audrey Wachope or Wachope. I'm going to be sophisticated and say Wachope. Wachope. Or that. And Rachel Spector, who are also going to executive produce. They're writers on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend right now. Um, But basically, it's a very female-dominant show. And not in a way that I don't think men would understand or, or not be entertained by, but it's definitely something where they're very strong mm-hmm. female lead characters. So it's going to be a... Uh, I'm hopping in on two shows all at the same time. <laughs> so so I'll, I'll, I'll give the description thanks. of the show. It's four millennial women who form a connection after meeting in a secret online feminist group Thank and you. band together to help women in need. Yes. Which is cool. Yes. I wonder if those really exist. I need to get on my Googles. You're on your chats. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, see what's and then up. she's got a second project, and that's the one that's called Illegal, mm-hmm. which is also interesting because it explores the life of a 16-year-old who has no idea that he was born undocumented, which I think is such a prevalent topic to focus on right yep. now, especially with everything that's going on. So super cool for her to be a part of two different shows that I think are very, A, timely, and B, topics that we just need to talk about. So, amen to her. High five in the air. And shout out, because I didn't know she had a production company. Yeah, and I love the name. I can, I will. I can and I will. I didn't know that. Like, it's 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 interesting when stuff like, news like this comes out, because then you learn even more about right. these actors. So, finding out that she had a production company and she's actually putting these shows out right. is amazing. Right. And and if I can really quickly, another CW alum who's doing that is Sophia Bush. She oh, signed amazing. a deal with I believe Fox. Oh so cool. she's gonna be producing and then she's gonna be acting in other things as well. Yeah, and just a side note that I want to touch upon, uh, because we are a part of the entertainment industry and we're woven into it just as deeply Entertainers, for those of you who are, who are not super familiar, when you watch someone on TV, it's so easy to look at them and be like, oh, well, they're just pretty, or they got lucky, and that does happen a fraction, a very, very tiny fraction of the time, and sometimes when it does happen, that person's career is like, mm-hmm. but the people who make it are the people who have been grinding and grinding, and it's people like Sophia Bush and Gina Rodriguez who are so talented and really cultivate their craft with, like you said, like the writing, the producing, and behind the scenes, they're doing so much stuff and when their opportunity comes it's like bang 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 people like i never knew they did that girl they've been doing it dude they've been doing it for years trust me and what i like also a lot of these shows that we've been reporting on that are coming out they're staying in the cw family for instance this one like you mentioned the writer there are writers and producers from crazy ex-girlfriend that are coming over to write and produce on this show right i just think that's really cool they keep it in-house and they're like and especially because that signifies that they have strong voices 
yes. within the network. Yes. Instead of going outside of the yes. network. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Gina is a star. She was considered a nobody before this, sh- this mm-hmm. show. I mean, she did other things. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, I saw her in Army Wives. Right, but I mean, this is considered her, like, breakthrough oh, yeah. lead role. So before this, she may have not been a household name, and now right. she is. Yep. And so to see that, yeah, like you said, the network is taking her seriously enough to say, hey, you're not just our actor, but you can be a contributing factor to our network. Yeah. Amazing. It's great. So you have our next news story. I've just done, like, chatted everybody's ears off. Yeah, and actually, I'm going to go back a couple pictures anthony to talk about the other superhero show that's heading to the cw oh, thank you i skipped it i'm sorry um it's gonna be about tracy 13 who is described as a 20-something forensic scientist and a believer in the paranormal but it gets interesting because she p- teams up with her father who is dr terrence 13 who is a skeptic of the paranormal so here is his daughter who has these like extra sensory abilities right. and he's this skeptic and they're gonna team up to explore mysterious cases of the paranormal and unexplained phenomena. Well, and I think it said somewhere in that article, too, that he was an estranged father, too. Yeah. So I'm sure they're probably going to have to explore their relationship yeah. in general. So family dynamics yes. plus supernatural hijinks. I don't even yeah. know if it's going to be a funny. I think it's an hour-long drama. Um, and these characters actually come from the DC Comics. So mm-hmm. we've seen them in Flashpoint and Batman and Dr. 13 has crossed paths with Batman, John Constantine, and Phantom Stranger. Mm-hmm. I'm not so familiar with those. I, Batman, yeah. of course, yeah. and Constantine. Yeah. We've talked about yeah. him a couple of episodes, I think, already. Um, but another... And, and they don't know if it's going to... I think it's... They don't know if it's going to be part of the Arrowverse or if it's going to stand right. on its own like Black Lightning. Right. But we do have a name, Elizabeth Banks. She's attached to Executive Produce. So that's that's kind of cool. It'll be interesting to see what she does on the... Because I know she's been producing movies, I believe. Yes. And so it'll be interesting to see how she does on TV. Yeah. And superhero. Cool. And supernatural, potentially. Yeah. Cool. So I'm going to talk a little bit about this next story. But while I do that, do you mind just hopping in the chat room? Just see what everybody's saying. Say hello. Yeah, we're, few... we're in there. We're chatting up. Oh, cool. Um, Let's get some shout-outs. ZS is in here. Telling me that I should check out the Scooby-Doo movie. Ooh, okay. That's very nice. Good advice. Um, some haven't seen Seventh Heaven. So. <gasps> what? <laughs> my face. What? Oh, my God. Well, I think it's on Netflix or Hulu or one of those. Or it may not be. Unfortunately, bad news report. Uh, the gentleman who played the father got in trouble for some not-so-nice things involving young people and intercourse. Yeah, we're... I mean, it happens. No, no, it it really shouldn't happen. It's kind of like it's a shame. You know what? It's 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 a shame because, and you're right. I love that show. It was a family show, and the irony of that is that he played a preacher, Mm -hmm. and he had a cast full of young children, including Jessica Biel. So, if you're familiar with my husband's current wife, oh gosh, that he's not quite come to terms with the fact that he needs to divorce or marry me. That guy. Oh god. Um. Yeah, that's where she started her career off. All right. So our next story. I don't know how we recoup from that. I don't either. We're talking about. Hey, this. You know what? I will say the one thing about our CW Weekly show is we love the CW. Yeah. We love the actors. We love the producers. We love the network. But we are also honest, and we're not going <laughs> to ignore the fact that certain things happen. You guys like, are uh, talking about some Stranger Things. 
Oh, we are. I like what you did there, Anthony. He's and getting us back on track. <laughs> you do it. You do it. Sorry. One of the producers from Stranger Things, Sean Levy, is actually producing a haunted house drama for the CW. Ooh. It's going to be called Epiphany. And it's a psychological thriller about a group of gifted strangers recruited to a gilded age mansion to solve a complex code that lies within the structure's walls. That sounds like a lot to yeah. build a show around. You're going to solve a code in walls for the entire season? Yeah, I, I mean... It kind of reminds me of the premise to uh, 13 Ghosts, if you guys ever saw that, where there's uh, Never did. there's 13 spirits that are trapped within the house, and also the house is built as a puzzle where each room and uh, the walls shift within a certain amount of time. And so there's a, there's a group of uh, people who go into the house and try to, you know see what's up and um yeah a lot of people die maybe that was the inspiration somebody in the article wrote that they think he has gone into too many escape rooms that's possible so maybe it's a mixture of both maybe it's a mixture of 13 ghosts and escape rooms i don't know i just it's going to be interesting to see because again i don't know how you build like the movie how how long was 13 ghosts like an hour and a half two hours yeah it's pretty standard i don't know how you can build a whole series off of that yeah I don't know. Because are they, I guess they're going to leave the house at some point, so maybe that's where more story can come in. I guess we'll just have to wait and yeah. see. But you're talking about ghosts. I want to talk about goblins and demons and all those other things. So, oh, I didn't even realize. We do have the picture. Tell me your thoughts, guys. Erica, you too. Lily Reinhardt apologized for this particular post, and it has been determined as racially insensitive because it's Clearly a Caucasian person painted black. And there's two sides of the story. One, the person who's the artist of this particular painting of a person was trying to make a black demon, and they just so happened to have a Caucasian model. And they did not do a very good job of covering the hair in her scalp. I'm a makeup artist. That really irks me. This is not a... I'm sorry, makeup artist person who did this. I just don't think it's a very good job. But, um... I could see how somebody could try to misinterpret that as blackface, but at the same time, technically, blackface is brownface, and that's really black, and she's really going after being dark for Halloween. Mm -hmm. And the thing she said is, dark like my soul. And no one ever says, my soul is black. Well, someone might say my soul is black, because in the inside, I'm secretly African-American. But that's not what she was meaning. She means, like, black, goth, demon. It's Halloween. So I'm just curious. Like, what is your perspective on this? No, I completely agree. When I first saw this headline, I was confused when I saw the picture. I was, ex- I don't know what I was expecting, but with the pose and the paint, it just, that doesn't give me blackface. So I was confused about why people were saying it was racially insensitive. And then I even saw where people were not attacking, but they were challenging the ones who were claiming racial insensitivity by saying, so when you see a demon, that's what you're equating to black people. I was like, whoa, now we're going somewhere different because it's one thing, again, that to me, and I thought something, I wasn't interpreting something correctly. I was like, that's not offensive. The person's entire body is painted black. With these long old fingernails, some fake teeth, it looks like, to make it look crazy. 
And then after that, though, I don't think I, I sent over a picture of this one. But if you really want to go there, there's a picture of Juliana Huff, and she was doing her version of a Halloween costume of Orange is the New Black. Yeah. She painted her face brown and put the little, um, like, knot ties in her hair. Like fake Bantu knots. Yeah, and... To me, that was a little bit more insensitive, to be honest oh, definitely. with you. I was like, Ooh. Oh, definitely. My. Because she could have done it without painting her face. Right. We would have known who she was. That's, right. That was the insensitive part. This is not insensitive. So, maybe I'm, I don't know. But it started with Perez Hilton, and, you know, oh, well, it just went <laughs> in a direction that it didn't need to go. But she deleted the post, and yeah, then she apologize. was even saying... She can see how it was interpreted as being insensitive. She saw it and didn't think it would be interpreted that way. I think it was blown out of proportion, I agree. personally. I agree. And it's it's tough. It's hard when you are in the limelight because every single step you make, people, haters, are looking for you to make any sort of trip up and blow it up into something huge right. to make you look bad. Yeah, and Zias is agreeing with me in the chat. Good. It's not racially insensitive to him, so. Yeah, good. Also, it feels like um, there is a, a part of our... Um, PC culture that I believe is sometimes just a little bit overly PC. Yeah. yeah. You know, where they're just picking things a little bit too much apart just to get people angry and cause a, a storm about it. Right. right. I agree. Silly. So silly. Well, a storm did happen after crazy ex-girlfriends started talking about the clitoris. <laughs> and I don't know. I'm curious to hear what you guys think in the chat room about it, but one of the things that they really wanted to address and apparently... Rachel Bloom said she had to really fight for this episode, and it's so bizarre to me because if you think about it, how many times have we heard the word penis on television, on movies? Penis, 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 penis. God forbid someone says clitoris. And what she did was she tried to explain the purpose of it. That's how she pitched it to the network because they were like, well, this is lewd and this is that. I'm like, well, why is a woman's body part lewd and crude but a man's isn't so and this it's the scientific name for it if i'm not mistaken it is it's, it's not, not like, like it was something like yeah yeah so really quickly um one of the things that she pitched and she said in order to have uh do the conversation justice bloom and the writers wanted to be truthful and accurate as possible studies have found that only 24 percent of women can achieve orgasm without direct clitoral stimulation so for all you gentlemen out there that watched the episode of crazy ex-girlfriend she was just trying to help you guys out so you can improve your love life so all you gotta say is you're welcome or i should say you're welcome <laughs> and you should say thank you that's yeah my, and that's this my thought. this actually came after she read Sorry. Sorry, that wasn't intentional. Mm -hmm. Um, She was inspired to create this plot line after she read a CNN article about it, about the orgasm gap. Right. So, and this wasn't the first time clitoris was used in a show. It was used on Family Guy and it was used on The Office. Right. But this was the first time that it was actually explained, like, how it's... In detail. Yeah. Yeah. What happens and how it works, I guess, basically. All right, so I'm really curious. Is anybody in the chat room going off right now? Nobody's saying what? anything yet. Ladies. Not yet. Come on now, have our back here. <laughs> okay, so then why don't we move on to the next story? I'm going to give that all off to you since I've just like been talking a storm away. Yeah, so we're talking about the new hour-long comedy. Who are long? That's Because com- <laughs> <laughs> I read the note, who are long? Who are I long? I see a dash between hour and long. So it's a new comedy that's not a comic adaptation. Mm -hmm. Ooh, something different for the CW. It's um, called Bestseller, and it's written by novelist Abby McDonald, and it's about a risk-averse aspiring author 
who self-publishes an erotic novel under a pen name. And it becomes interesting because once that becomes a bestseller, now her life changes and it, and it inspires her to act more boldly as she gap, nap, she I'm what? so sorry, <laughs> as she navigates her double life. So it's like, think, I guess, Fifty Shades of Grey, mm-hmm. if that author had a pen name on the surface, she's like this clean cut, you know, follows the rules, but underneath she's like whips oh, and chains one. and yeah. So I think that's that's what it's gonna that's how it's gonna be. Yeah. Which could be interesting because yeah. imagine if somebody found out that you were into like S and M or something. I'm not <laughs> and they expect yeah. you as you're walking down the right. street, like, ooh, you know, being kind of gross. But right. they think that's how you are. So right. I think that's what this show is going to be built off of. Right. Um, I had a random add-on, and I don't know if we do have the picture, but just, oh, for those who have not seen Seventh Heaven, so there was a character played by Barry Watson, who was the older, handsome brother, even though I was really more into Lucy's boyfriend. Anyhow, um, he looks spot-on crazy similar to Jared Padalecki from oh. CW. And so I had a side-by-side. Again, I don't know if we I don't think so. that picture. Oh, I can tweet no. it out later. Okay, so yeah. look for the tweet, but it's bananas, because when you look at them side-by-side, you're like, whoa. <laughs> okay, all right. Anyway, <laughs> let's go TBT. That's all you. All righty, so in honor of Halloween that's coming up next week, we thought we'd show some CW stars that played dress-up. So to start off, we have Keenan Lonsdale, who was dressed as Waldo at Comic-Con this year, and I actually saw him on the panel, uh-huh. and it was very cute. Like, he, I mean, it, I, he's the only one of the cast to dress up, uh-huh. but it was just adorable. So that's the picture of him dressed up and then we also have another throwback to one tree hill we have hillary burton and sophia bush dressed up as the pangel which was the pain angel for peyton who was hillary and the devil who was brooke they had a halloween party at the club in their town and that was those were their costumes and peyton if you know one tree hill she was the pangel because she was the angel of death and that was the nickname that she was given was Pangel. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So a little dress up. Fun. For your Thursday. Fun. For Halloween. So now it's time to get to our ship poll. I'm going to have you check the stats on that. Yes, I will. Poll is officially closed. We're going to see what the results are. I feel like my picks never get picked either. <laughs> I, t- I picked Chia just because I thought it was a cute, funny whatever. And I slightly like Stephen Coletti. He's yeah, Stephen Stephen's adorable, but he came in the show later. So I think all of the the other three um, couples were kind of solidified Got at it. that point. Got it. Yep, and we're still at thirty eight percent for Layton and thirty seven percent for Jaden. Come on, oh, Jaden. It's, it's even. No, 38 and 37. Oh, oh, oh got it. Yep. Sorry, I didn't hear that And one. Brucus is still pulling up the rear with 23%. So it looks like the Leightoners have spoken. Right. We'll fight about that later, guys. But now it's time to answer our trivia question. <laughs> so our trivia question was, what costume did Willow choose and become? And we had extra points if you guessed Xander and Buffy's. So did Willow choose A, B, C, or D? She picked A, a ghost. And there's your picture of that. Now, did you have... Oh, extra points. Buffy became 
a what? Oh, a naive 18th century woman, and Xander became a full-on soldier. So if you got that correct, round of applause for you. Sorry, I'm just in the chat. Do it. I don't mind. Dream to Aspire was mentioning how that episode of One Tree Hill was iconic, and so I was very... I I wanted to jump in and say yes. Agree. (sighs) Completely. Well, we also love when you guys fan out. So if you could do us a favor, hop onto iTunes, like, comment, subscribe, hopefully give us five stars if you love us. We love you back. Uh, but when you do that, it allows our podcast to pull to the top of people's searches. So even if you put smiley face, like literally spell out smiley face, in there, you can help increase, lift our podcast higher. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Is there anything else that I've left out? I think that's all for this week. Awesome. So why don't we do this? Let's turn to the front so they can see both our faces at the same time. And we want to say thank you guys so much for joining us. Next week we should have Matt and Tiona back. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. Be sure to follow us on social media. I'm at yours truly, Ali Kona, with little dashes in between. I'm on Instagram and also on Twitter. And I'm Erica Shannon, and you can find me on Twitter at Miss Airy Baby. I am back on Twitter, guys, I think, for a little bit. At She's least, back. anyway. Yeah, We're I'm back. So chat with me. Let's keep it going. Talk about the CW. All right, see y'all next week. Peace out. Goodbye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later! later. <laughs> 